The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Work it, make it, do it, makes us honor, better, faster, stronger. Now, 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 that, that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Yes, it's that time. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and as always, it is hot. I think uh, yesterday we were close to record-breaking temperature, and uh, today may be another one of those days. It's always hot in the valley, uh, certainly something that uh, I appreciate after being cold for uh, so long back east for those years I spent there and in the Midwest. So I'm never, I'm never going to complain about the weather. Never, never, never am I going to complain about this weather. Something else I'm not going to complain about, football. Man, I am so glad football season is here. As I mentioned to you guys last week, the big boys are playing. Big boys are getting hurt, too. Uh, they continue to get hurt. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about probably the – Biggest injury this week, I, I'm going to think it may be uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I, I'm pretty sure that Hasselback is not feeling real good at this point in time with, with his uh, alleged cracked or fractured rib. I, I'd just like to know, with the manufacturers that are building these vests, I would assume that the purpose of the vest is to protect and prevent quarterbacks from getting cracked and broken ribs. Now, I, I probably got to do my research to find out if indeed Hasselbeck had a, a jacket on, but he always seems to wear a jacket. I'm not sure if Donovan had one on, but th- there are some serious questions here about, you know, fractured and cracked ribs. Uh, I'm sure there's only so much protection you can give to a person uh, when a linebacker, you know, hits you, you know, when a defensive lineman puts his knee in your ribs, chances are uh, may or may not be able to stay, sustain such a blow of, of you know, of that uh, impact. But, uh, man, it's certainly something that uh, we need to be concerned about. And, of course, you know, talking about Donovan McNabb, at some point in time we knew Donovan was going to get hurt. You know, you never want to be labeled as one of those individuals, but uh, he's been injury prone throughout his career. Uh, Hasselback's been beat up a couple of times in his career, too. And uh, that's how come we've had a chance to, See that uh, uh, young man Wallace that backs him up, and uh, they're they're going to have some have some decisions to be uh, made out there in terms of uh, if he's going to go or if he's not going to go. Uh, one thing for sure, I, I tell you that uh, is it's exciting. Of what I saw last night, you got to think about it uh, right now, uh, in, in the NFL in terms of quarterbacks, uh, the the genes that. Uh, that are displayed uh, through that Manning family. You, you got to give Archie and his wife when it comes, you know, in terms of when you want to look at the 
the abilities of their kids and how much support they must have given their kids to what it is that they wanted to do in life, and that is playing football. They did a pretty good job. They're their offsprings, and then they must have supported them and put them in the right position. And I'm assuming that perhaps maybe um, those two guys even listened, Eli and Archie. Perhaps maybe they even listened to what their dad had to say in terms of his advice as to how you could become a pretty good quarterback. That's a hint, hint, hint for all those young men out there uh, or young women who happen to have parents that uh, were professional athletes. Uh, maybe if you listen to your parents, it might help you a little bit. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> just, I say that because, of course, my son wants to hear nothing I have to say. Uh, I think Michael Jordan at one time said maybe his son didn't want to hear a lot that he had to say. Uh, Joe Montana's son uh, probably didn't take all of Joe's advice, and that's why Joe had him you know, under the tutelage of somebody else. Uh, John Elway's son didn't necessarily, I'm assuming, didn't want to, well, he certainly didn't want to play football anymore. He's no longer playing football at Arizona State University. So uh, sometimes if you listen to your pops, whatever he has to say, you listen to it and you apply it, it might work. Uh, but when you look at Peyton Manning and what he's able to do, uh, people wanted to say that the two best quarterbacks are Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I just got to say, if I got to have a quarterback, I'm, I'm probably going to take Peyton Manning. I, I do like his brother, Eli. Um, I think Eli plays, uh, Eli plays like he wants to be as good as or better than his, his big brother. It, it, when I see him play, for some reason or another, it's, not, it's even when he struggles to get out of a tackle, uh, if the pressure's on him to step up in the pocket, to continue to buy time, it's almost like he just is trying to perform to the best of his ability, but also aware of the fact that he's being compared to his brother. And then on the other hand, when you got his brother and, and you look at Peyton and people start talking about that word about, you know, age and, and retirement, the R word of which Peyton doesn't want to hear anything about. Come on, Peyton is still a young quarterback, really. I mean, the quarterback, if you protect your quarterback, he can play for a long time. Peyton Manning is a very smart quarterback. I mean, when I say smart, a lot of times, you know, some people are, many times people listen to things and some athletes are described to be very athletic and other athletes are described to be very intelligent. Uh, but all athletes can play smart. All athletes can have a level of football intelligence based upon their preparation. And I think that Peyton uh, is a very intelligent, very smart player because he spends the time uh, in the classroom, you know, film study, uh, playbook. It's just amazing. I mean, he is uh, he's prepared. I mean, regardless of how much time. I think he probably had, there was, in the history of the game, I think perhaps maybe there's maybe a a couple, maybe one, maybe two other games where the offense was on the ball for such a short period of time. Uh, I would doubt that offense was on the field for that short of period of time that they were on the field last night and able to produce that many points and win a ball game. Uh, I just, it, it was just masterful the way they were able to, uh, to sit there patiently and wait to get on the field. Uh, they is, I think they had three possessions maybe, the first half and that is that's just amazing so 
I, I think the Dolphins had a great game plan going in to keep Peyton Manning off the field, and they did a good job of that. But when he's on the field, you also got to keep them out of the end zone. It's okay to keep them off the field, but if you're going to keep a team off the field once they get on the field, you can't allow them to have big plays. And I think, again, that is just uh, you got to attribute that to Peyton knowing, hey, this is one of these games where I'm not going to have that much time on the field. We, we as an offense, everybody collectively, you guys, you guys got to give me time to throw the ball. If we're going to run the ball at all, you guys got to take care of the ball. And uh, we got to score. And, and that's what they did. And, and so, you know, Peyton Manning is still, he's still the quarterback right now. Uh, he, he's still the guy. His brother, his little brother, Eli, still wants to be like Peyton. And uh, uh, Eli, I'm, 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 I'm really proud of it. I say proud because, again, whenever you've done something, you look on it and you hope somebody takes care of it. It's like when you hand something off to somebody. Take care of it like it's yours and, and improve it. And uh, in today's society where the economy is so bad and people can do very – resources are very scarce – but people can do whatever they want to do with their money. It is amazing to me to think about how important it must have been to so many people that I'm sure those people did whatever they had to do to save up their money uh, to make sure that they were there at that Dallas Cowboy game. Now I'm going to talk about the Dallas Cowboy game and, 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 and the New York Giants, Peyton, Peyton's little brother, Eli. Uh, Eli did a tremendous job on Monday night uh, going in there as the uh, spoiler. I'm sorry, Sunday night as the spoiler uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you go in there and, and you think that, uh, you know, you're just going to uh, – it's a celebration. And you just think, of course, you're up against probably in terms of a crowd at a professional level, a home game. Um, the, enthusiasm, the enthusiasm at a college football game and a pro football game is very similar depending upon where you're at. You know, those some of those pro teams, the fans are, are they're like a, a college atmosphere. And Dallas hasn't always been a college atmosphere type of stadium. They're kind of the elitist type of stadium if you go to a, a lot of bourgeois people at that cowboy at those cowboy games. Uh they clap like that, you know, they don't scream and holler. It's not like the dog pound. Uh, believe me, you're not going to find that kind of atmosphere uh, when you go into uh, Texas Stadium. But uh, Jerry's Palace down there, it, it was it was something special to see the crowd there to to support their team, uh, to see the you know the Cowboys from generations ago uh, to be there to support their team. And I think their team, you know, they gave a valiant effort. They really, I mean, they played well, uh, with the exception of Tony Romo. Uh, you you just can't turn the ball over. You can't turn the ball over. I don't care if you're whose quarterback you are, what team you're quarterbacking for. You, you can't turn the ball over and, and expect to win. And that's the, that's a formula of success if you're making the turnovers, if you're you know causing the turnovers, and you're the beneficiary of the turnovers. Then you're going to win. The more turnovers you get, you're going to win. If you're on the other side and you're the team, and you're losing the ball, you're not taking care of the ball, you're not going to win. And so the Dallas Cowboys, they might have gone into that game expecting to win, but you can slowly but surely 
as you see these things happening and you start turning the ball over, regardless of what the score is, as a player, you just know, oh, we turned it over once. We, we turned it over twice. Um, we, we turned the ball over three times. I, I don't care what the score is. There's just something that happens. It's, it's a quiet storm that just evolves. And all of a sudden, what happened? You realize when the game is over, well, we did turn the ball over three times, three interceptions. We can't win like that. Well, the Cowboys have known that, you know, from years in the past, too. There's been some times where they, they've had some games where people have come in there to their stadiums. And uh, I think it was that there. But the body bag game, I think the Eagles went in there and did something like that to them. But that was, that was a punishing, punishing, punishing game. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. I'm going to come back and talk about some more in the NFL and maybe even a little bit of college football. Come back after the break, won't you? I really don't see why, don't you? Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network, and I'm back, of course. I just wanted to take this time out to uh, give a shout-out to my man Dez. I know Dez Clark. Uh, I think Dez is, Dez is recuperating, too, from one of them rib injuries. Now, there's just too many rib injuries. Everybody must be taking a shot to the gut. Maybe, perhaps, maybe we can... Uh, I don't think Dez wears one of them flap jackets, though. I'm going to ask Dez a little bit later on. Find out what the heck is happening. What the hell is happening? Let me put it like that. What the hell is happening? How come everybody getting a cracked rib? Anyway, Dez, man, I hope you feel better. I think, Dez, if I'm not mistaken, I know this to be true today. For all those out there that are listening, if you're in the Chicago area or you have friends in the Chicago area, listen, Dez is giving away two tickets to the next home game that the Bears play. He's giving them away. They don't cost anything, not you. It costs about $68, I think, a piece. Uh, but for you, uh, listen to uh, Sportsmanlike Conduct here on the Voice of America Network on our sports channel. Uh, Dez is on at 3 o'clock Pacific time, and uh, he's giving away some tickets. If he's not giving away the tickets, he told me he was going to give them away. Just call him and, and talk to him about it, and uh, you can find out what's happening. But... Uh, let me go over a few things here. There, there's certainly uh, one thing that I just wanted to make sure that I didn't get a chance, uh, I didn't forget about. There's a number of things that I wanted to make sure that I, I, that I didn't forget about. But uh, um, I wanted, there was one particular game of which I was watching uh, this past weekend, and, and I thought it was a, it was a good game. Uh, there was a lot, as I said, there was a lot of good games. Very proud of, of, of the athletes, of the way everybody is is playing, but uh, a couple games in particular um, that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about a game of which I think I said that this young man, I'm going to call him a young man because uh, uh, I guess I'm a little bit older than him. I may not be, but Rex Ryan, I, I just knew that I didn't care what happened in, in that New England game, but I just knew that it, I told you he was going to put his pop on the payroll. He was going to bring Buddy out of retirement. He was going to sleep with Buddy, or Buddy was going to sleep at his house. But they were going to be joined at the hip. And they, he probably would tell everybody, I didn't even talk to my dad. My dad had nothing to do with this. But you can believe he thought about his dad and how his dad would prepare for this. Now, if you go back to preseason, I remember when the Eagles were playing uh, the New England Patriots. And it was I think it was Tom's first game that he, they were going to let him play any, any length of time. And... I thought that the Eagles gave him a professional courtesy in football, which those kind of you don't get those kind of slips. They don't hand those out. But I, I was thinking, why didn't they send the house at him? And and again, I I just don't understand why you know Tom, you know all those pass attempts. I, I just thought that's too many uh, pass attempts for for him to be back there after coming off an injury. But anyway, uh, the, the Jets, you know, the Jets took care of business. Uh, they they talked a lot of mess before the game, but that's I mean that's kind of what football is all about. You you, you want to the tr- all the trash talking can't just be done by the fans. I know the fans enjoy doing it too, but the players want to have a little bit of fun, and they want to back it up, and it's just fun. Some coaches like it, some coaches don't. Uh, but the players, some players do it, and some players don't. But uh, every now and then, you'll find a couple guys that got something to say. And it really makes it uh, either you love them or you love to hate them. But it certainly makes the game a little bit more interesting. And the, the Jets, they did what they had to do. I, I was really, I wasn't surprised. I was happy. You know, it's, uh, 
it's one of those things where here, here's a team of which, uh, you know, Brett is gone. And, you know, Brett just Brett can be a part of a team, but Brett is not the team. And uh, so I was, I was just happy to see them. But uh, there's another game of which, um, you know, I was looking at and I was hoping that uh, it would work out in their favor. And that was the Arizona Cardinals game. I wanted the Arizona Cardinals to win because I think the Arizona Cardinals got a good football team. In particular, even though they do give up some points, I'm excited about the enthusiasm in which their defense plays with. I mean, their defense, they have some athletes on that team. I mean, some big men that can run and they get to the ball. And if you just watch the Arizona Cardinals when they pursue, when somebody tries to stretch the ball on them and try to get around the corner, Watch the way that team pursues to the ball. Probably, if you would look at them, consist, if they performed consistently the way they do when they make those big plays, and they make a lot of big plays, they probably make a lot more tackles for losses than a lot of other teams in this league because they have so much speed. And uh, and then Kurt Warner played a, a lot better. You know, Kurt was... Um, I think he was victimized of the fact that he didn't have all of his weapons. He finally got all of his weapons back. And uh, and then there was the addition of, uh, you know, a running game, of which they've, they've had somewhat in the past. But I think they got, certainly got uh, a better uh, running game this year. They've, they've got dual backs. Uh, the young man, okay, I got to say this. Benny, hold on to the ball. I, I know everybody's wondering, is he going to say something about Benny dropping the ball? Benny, you got to hold on to the ball, man. I'm sure you know that. I'm sure everybody is aware of the fact that Benny, I think, fumbled the ball twice, uh, one of which was recovered, the other of which they lost. Um, if this young man is able, and, and I'm sure you've heard the, the comparisons to not only him uh, and, and Felix Jones, I think, dropped the ball twice too, laid it on the carpet twice. Uh, but you, you got to go back to Tiki Barber. And Tiki was the first person that I think – uh, everybody kind of made an issue of the fact that he, man, he, he, he does well, but he doesn't take care of the ball. Tiki was the first person that I remember that there was a, 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 a much made about issue of the fact that he puts the ball on the carpet too much. And Tiki is the one, I believe, who came up with this unorthodox style of now you hear everybody say high and tight. The running backs, if you look at running backs in the past, running backs didn't run with the ball high and tight. I don't know. And I would like for Tiki to explain to us who told him that was probably the best way for him to take care of the ball is high and tight. Because now you see guys trying to run with it high and tight uh, to hold on to it, to secure that ball. Um, because there are so many people now that are actually going after the football. I mean, people are literally... It's more important to them to go after and try to create a turnover uh, than it is to actually make a tackle. And I'm from the old school, whereas the most important thing is to make that ta- make a sure tackle, to be a sure tackler. And, and you didn't want those yak yards and all that stuff. But nowadays, the yak yards are, uh, you know, are not of concern for the defense, uh, because if it was, they, everybody wouldn't be trying to strip the ball. Uh, they're more trying to strip the ball as opposed to making a tackle, it's still a game of inches. So I would be more concerned about making the tackle, making sure there were no yak yards. That's yards after contact. And, you know, the turnover would come with a big hit. 
or, you know, putting your head on the ball, something like that, not necessarily always trying to rip it out. Because when you rip it out, if you don't rip it out, the guy always falls forward. And if it's a third and short or, or fourth and short and you're trying to rip and you don't get the tackle, he's going to go forward. And his momentum is just going to take him forward and he's going to get a couple of the yards. So so that's, that, that, that's enough about that. And, and let, let me move on. Let's move on to Cincinnati and Green Bay. I was happy that Ucho Cinco did his thing. I was happy. You know, in my opinion, there's no doubt Chad Johnson is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. There is no doubt in my mind he is one of the best. When you line up at the end of the game and you got a quarterback who can throw the ball and, you know, you're going up against some receivers that can make some things happen, Ucho Cinco is one of those receivers that can make something happen. Uh, I'm not sure that – if he's on the other side of the ball, I think you need to jam him. Don't let Chad just come off the ball. I, I don't I don't know why you know so much space is given to receivers nowadays when they can do so much. They, they I mean they got speed, they got size, they got strength. I thought I never thought I'd say this too, but receivers got heart now. Receivers are actually, you know, not so many alligator arms around anymore. They they got they're they're trying to catch the ball. Uh, they're getting paid so much money. Some of them are doing their job. I guess I'm talking about money. I should throw Michael Crabtree in there someplace. Michael Crabtree, $16 million they're trying to guarantee you. $16 million guaranteed on the table. Uh, something, something's wrong. Uh, you, you, somebody's giving you some bad advice, and they're doing some different kind of math. But I'm going to get into that probably on the other side of the break because uh, this tampering stuff. This isn't college football. This is pro football. What is tampering all about? I'm going to get into that on the other side of that break for sure because I, I want to put some time into that. But I was just, uh, I was happy to see Ucho Cinco do his thing. And and to bring the Cincinnati, you know, Bengals, you know, back out of the basement of, of that division that they're in because they got they a decent football team. They have a quarterback and a wide receiver, if nothing else. You got, you got some people that can put some points on the board. And Chris Henry, listen, don't be surprised if he comes back and plays football the way he did with the ability that this young man has. Slim is just, uh, uh, man, he, that looks like, uh, uh, who is that should I call him? Slim is out there, on, uh, like, like you might as well have Snoop Dogg. Let's call Slim Snoop Dogg playing wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's how thin he is. But that young man can play football, and Chris got he has heart. And so you got him and Ucho Cinco, and you got uh, Carlson Palmer can stay healthy. And they put together a decent running game. The Cincinnati Bengals could be a team. Now, that on the defensive side of the ball, they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to do. But the Cincinnati Bengals, that, that is a, a team of which, uh, you know, to be reckoned with once they get it right. And I think they may get it right and surprise some people. I'll talk about the Bengals and Michael Crabtree on the other side of the break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters.
From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, just a good day here to be here in Phoenix. A uh, good day every day. And happy to be talking a little bit about football. Uh, I was talking about Michael Crabtree just a little bit before we left. And, you know, I agree that this young man is probably, in his mind at least, trying to do what's best for him. And all he can do is what's best for him. Uh, the advice of which he's been given, I'm assuming, is the advice of which somebody feels is the best advice they can give to Michael Crabtree. Um, I'm not sure, in my opinion, they're giving him the best advice. Uh, I'm not not just so much of me counting his money. I don't want to count his money. I think he deserves to get as much compensation as he can. This is a very short-lived career. And uh, there's no guarantees in this. The only thing that's guaranteed is his signing bonus, and he's going to be—he's going to get a pretty good one. Uh, but I'm not so sure for his career that he's doing what's best for him. Football is not a game of which you can miss a lot of it, and you can come back and be as good as you were when you left the game because you've got to come back and you've actually got to play to get better. Well, those people that you're playing against, they've been playing continuously, and they continue to get better each week. You hear, you hear football coaches talk about that all the time. Let's get better each week. So if we're all, you know, comparably, you know, got the same amount of talent, if we're playing every week and we're getting better and you haven't been playing and you may be improving but you're so far behind, 
ah, it's not going to really work out. And I just from, and I don't know Michael Single, Mike Singletary personally, but I played against Mike back in the day. You know, Mike was in the league when I was in the league. I, I'm just not sure that Mike is ready to embrace you. He wants the best football players on his team to make his team the best possible team that he could, you know, put on a football field. But, you know, right now, Mike might be concerned that it's kind of counterproductive for you to come in now. You're going to come in now. Uh, the season's already started. I got my team. We're doing pretty doggone good. You know, they're winning football games. Uh, you got to learn the system. You got that playbook, but, you know, you got that playbook. But being out there on that field is something different. You know, you, you still got to play the Arizona Cardinals again at home for you guys. And so... You know, I, I don't know. You got to play a lot of teams, and I'm just not sure. So, uh, Michael Crabtree, you know, I uh, wish you the best. Um, but this tampering thing, I'm a little bit confused. I could understand tampering, it, it, for it to even be an issue. I don't think tampering should even be an issue at the professional level. You know, these young men, they're, they're independent contractors. Now, why shouldn't they be able to, if they are in a position, whereas if for some reason or other they can't work something out with one team, have the ability to, uh, you know, have an agreement with another team? And I'm saying that because there's going to be compensation. If he goes someplace else, there's going to be compensation. So in terms of tampering, you know, he can only find himself on the Jets roster if indeed that the Jets have decided that they wanted Michael Crabtree and they'd have to go make a deal with the San Francisco 49ers. I would think that the San Francisco 49ers would be in favor of that at this point in time because either you sign him and you pay him and he's on your team, or if you don't sign him, you let somebody else sign him based upon an agreement that you've made and you get some compensation, either money or draft choices, or money and draft choices, or money, draft choices, and a player, or players. So I'm, I'm I, this tampering thing at this level, I could see if this was college, whereas if somebody was considering going to one university as opposed to the other university, and somebody did something to influence their decision that they went to the university in the Midwest as opposed to the university on the West Coast, Okay, the university that lost that person, that player, they they got nothing. They get nothing. So I can see where tampering could be an issue there. But at the professional level, um, you know, you don't have the right to work where you choose to work. You got to work where you're drafted at. Go figure that one out. But anyway, Michael Crabtree, get your money, but man, get in there. And, Mike, it's going to be a whole lot of pressure on you now. And I know wide receivers like that pressure. But, I mean, it's going to be a different kind of pressure than you've ever felt in your life. And I just hope you're ready for it. Uh, Ocho Cinco, he, he, he brings the pressure on himself, but he's ready for it. I just hope that you're ready for it. Speaking of pressure, um, man, I'm assuming that there is some pressure going on in the Washington, D.C., uh, Jason Campbell and his team, uh, you're in a division. That, you're in a tough division. And uh, the St. Louis Rams, in my opinion, they're just not that good of a football team. And, Jason, I think you got 9-7. to seven. That's not real good. That's 9-7. to seven. I mean, they're like 
the St. Louis Rams are pretty close to the Detroit Lions in comparison in terms of how good of a football team that they are. You're in, a, you're in the toughest division of football that there is. You, you, I mean, right now, if you look at the, uh, well, the Giants, very good. Uh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys got some work to do, but the Cowboys aren't a bad team. Uh, the Eagles, Eagles got some issues because of injuries. But you're still in a division. That, that's, a, that's a tough division. And, uh, Jason, I think it's not just you. Not to say that it's just you. But uh, it's, it's the quarterback. It all, it's always going to fall on the quarterback. And there's something that's got to be done. You guys got to be teams better than 9-7. to seven. That tells me, you know, if you got nine points, that means you were close enough to get you, – you got, what, three field goals? That means three times you didn't get touchdowns. You were close enough. You were you know, close enough. You are maybe in the red zone a few times. You didn't come away with points. You got to come away with points. Another game that I, I saw out there that, I, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy because I, I think in my heart, real deep down, you know, the darker side of me, I'm a Raider. I, I don't know. I, just when I was a kid, it was that Jack Tatum thing. You know, I've been a Browns fan, being from Ohio, Browns fan. But, you know, deep down inside, it's the Raiders. And I, I, I said they were going to beat Kansas City, and I'm just happy that the Raiders won a ball game. I like the Raiders. The Raiders are going to, again, that's, Raiders are one of my surprise teams. I think the Raiders are going to surprise some people. They, they got some athletes there, so it shouldn't be a surprise. But the, the Raiders are going, that was a game whereas, okay, should they win? Yeah, they should have won, you know, because they're expected to win. You know, I think Castle, his first game, he got a chance to play in. And um, Larry Johnson just, you know, 78 yards. That's Larry. Larry's been beat up a lot, though. Larry took uh, a couple years ago. He ran the ball a lot of times. And sometimes those beatings, they take a, they take a toll on your body, you know. And so uh, I was happy to see that the Raiders won. I wasn't happy to see the New Orleans Saints win. I, I just, although, you know, and I wasn't a homer on that, I, I got to go back and listen to the show. I might have picked that the Saints were going to come in there and win because Donovan wasn't there. You know, Donovan is, many times when you watch a football game, you see how important a, a, an individual player is. It, it is a team game, but sometimes there's just one particular player that means so much to that team. And, and, and because it's a team sport, you always want to say that, you know, no person is irreplaceable. Everybody's expendable. Yeah, and the game will go on. But that person, it'll take you some time before you're able to fill that gap with that person being out of there. Donovan is a threat to, to ex, ex, extend the pocket, to keep his eyes downfield, to run for a couple yards here and there. Uh, that's how he got his ribs broke, scored a touchdown. That happened. Uh, but it was obvious that Donovan McNabb was not a part of that game. Now, uh, Calvin Colby didn't do too bad. I mean, he, I mean, if you just look at the statistics, he, he had, I think he threw for like 300, almost 400 yards. Now, on paper, that doesn't look too bad. But, you know, the defense, you, you got to think about it, too. 48 points. I don't care if they are, you know, if all they do, uh, turnovers. Okay, turnovers. Uh, but 48 points is too many points to be on a, a scoreboard of a football game. 48 points, that's basketball. 48 points? So, um... You know, I just the, the Eagles' defense, regardless of where the ball is, you, you, you forty-eight points should never be on a scoreboard 
when the Philadelphia Eagles. That that's just you you don't you don't see that score on the board when the Philadelphia Eagles are playing. You know, I, I can There's nobody else. I think one other team came close, and that was two touchdowns less than that. I think the Texans may have scored uh, 34 points, but 48 points. That's way too many points. Uh, but speaking of the Texans. The Texans, I'm not on that bandwagon, can't get on that bandwagon. And, you know, a bandwagon, you know, in the NFL, a week of NFL football, we all know that that's, you know, that's that's like a winning streak. And so, you know, a bandwagon, hey, they're on a winning streak. The Texans won. I mean, the Texans beat, were beaten by, I'm sorry, let me get this right. The Houston Texans beat the Tennessee Titans. And I don't think many people thought that was going to happen. I, I really just don't think th- I, I wouldn't have bet that, and I'm sure I probably t- I, I'm sure I picked Tennessee. Jeff Fisher's he back on my hot hot seat, Jeff. Jeff, I, I you know it's just too many things going on down there. Uh, you know you got the quarterback thing going on down there. Vince is uh, Vince did a great thing. Shout out to Vince Young. That was a, that was an admirable thing um, that you did there uh, with the young men going to school to represent their father who was who's in heaven and um, I'm just gonna say thank you for that uh, but the Houston Texans the Houston Texans at some point in time maybe a lot of part of the year they're gonna come on but I'm not ready to jump on their bandwagon yet but I, I didn't think that uh, I didn't think that they were gonna win that game I, I did not I picked somebody else obviously and uh, and I was wrong so I, I think that might have been one of the few that I was wrong on uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. I picked Buffalo. I like Buffalo. I like T.O. I like Buffalo. You know, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, it's a, it's, it's, they're going to have a rough year this year. It's just going to be hard for Tampa Bay to, you know, first-year head coach. Uh, Tampa Bay is just, you know, quarterback situation down there, not real steady. Uh, it's, it's just it's not the Tampa Bay of old that we know, that we all love to we love that team after they got over the, the inaugural years of being depressed because they were getting killed. You know, when Herman Edwards and Tony Dungy and Chucky was down there, Tampa Bay was fun to watch. Yeah, you too, Big Warren. Warren Sapp. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take this break and I'll be right back for the last segment of the show. now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports okay we're back you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network of course i'm in phoenix living like it matters uh as i went to break of course i was uh giving a shout out there to the uh, Buffalo Bills. I was happy to see T.O. do his thing and sad to see Tampa Bay not doing their things. The days of the Warren Sapp and, and Chucky and Herman Edwards and Tony Dungeon, all those guys down in Tampa Bay where they were, had good football teams. I, you know, it, it's going to take them a while until they're able to get back to that. And uh, of course, uh, San Francisco uh, did play the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, San Francisco is looking very good. And uh, then I want to go on to talk about that uh, Cleveland Browns game and the Denver Broncos. And I got my good friend Henry Clay on with me. And uh, Henry, you're out there, of course, in, in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm going to assume uh, you and I, well, let me just say this. We're going to talk about Philadelphia in a second here. But Denver, Denver, I'm not going to say you, you did remember it. remember my good man, you were talking about, Playing the Broncos, and I kept saying number 30. Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Dawkins, never bet against Brian Dawkins and what he does for a football team. Well, I'll tell you this. Brian and the Denver Broncos, that football team, and, and you can only play who they put in front of you. Now, of course, it's just been the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, but... The Denver Broncos and Josh McDaniels is two. They're two and zero, oh. and I bet you with the preseason, the offseason that he had, nobody anticipated that he was going to start off at two and zero. Oh. Uh, again, and you know this better than than even I do. When you have a super leader in your locker room, that's what Brian Dawkins is. Never, never bet against a leader like that. Well, Does I'll he play offense, defense, and special teams? No, he's a defensive player. 
But what he does is, in the locker room, he makes everybody better. Well, I would I would think that uh, this weekend they're, they're going to go in. That, that same Denver team is going to go out to Oakland. And uh, they've got a challenge. Yeah, they've got a challenge there. But that, that would be interesting to see if he could start off uh, 3-0. and He probably would be the youngest coach to ever start off in the NFL at 3-0. and But... Uh, that that'll be interesting to see that. Now let me let me go back a little bit now because I there was a game of which you know I I felt pretty good about that and that was the Ravens were going to go out to San Diego because I just think that San Diego they just their uniforms look too good they're too pretty, but the Baltimore Ravens and going and I heard Kwame Lasseter say this earlier today uh, about Ray Lewis is that you're talking about a leader now you ain't going to find a better leader and maybe not a better linebacker in the NFL right now even at his age for what he does. Absolutely. For the Baltimore Ravens and and how he gets that team prepared to play throughout the entire game, uh, there wouldn't be too many times that I would bet against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. It's always a great game because it's still to me the Browns and the Steelers when they get together and uh, and and the Ravens uh, you know get together and play Pittsburgh. That that still to me is is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. But anyway, they went into San Diego and and they came out with a victory and uh, Ray had a whole lot to do with that. Well, okay. Another Fine. leader, huh? Who is the coach of that team? The coach, where are you talking about? Of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, okay. His name is John Harbaugh. Yeah, Har- I'm sorry, Harbaugh came from Philadelphia, right. Okay. Now, who was one of the guys that he learned how to uh, motivate people from? Well, I'm, uh, he's probably, you're going to say Brian Dawkins? That would be correct. <laughs> okay. I knew I knew you tied that in there somewhere. Okay. Hey, first of all, he's a great guy. He's a great man, and uh, I'd like to say that he's one of my good friends. All right. But I think if you picked up this telephone when this program is done and called the Ravens and asked John Harbaugh, who was uh, in addition to Andy Reid, who was the guy he learned the most from? He will tell you, Brian Dawkins. Well, he's got he's got another person right now that he can uh, learn a lot from, and I think uh, Ray may have uh, Ray may be just a little bit younger than he is, but they certainly, uh, you know, earn the same uh, let's say the age uh, range with one another. Let, let's move on if we can because this segment goes real fast. Pittsburgh and Chicago. Now, I know that that was a game of which again, you know, Pittsburgh was going into Chicago, and and some people just didn't think that. Uh, you know, Chicago was going to win that game. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I even picked the Steelers to win that game. But Chicago... Yeah, was, uh, I, I remember that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Jay, Cut- Jay Cutler, again, Jay probably got a couple of, uh, you know, the bugs out of his uh, system. And, uh, you know, he wasn't as nervous as he was. The butterflies are gone. He kind of relaxed a little bit. He didn't hurt his team. And and they were able to win the game. Now, Jay's not a guy where you got to worry about him hurting his team. I mean, he's got one of the best arms in the game, and he's a very confident young man. Uh, I was I was really happy to see uh, that he did win the game, even though I thought that the Steelers were going to win the football game. I was happy for Jay, just the fact that he got a victory, uh, and particularly the fact that he was at home. Well, the difference is what you have in the National Football League is what they've wanted for the last 50 years, and that is parity. And uh, for the competitive part of the game, that they've got it. There's, no, there's going to be no teams that are going to go 16 and 0, 13 and 3, 
12 and 4. And on in the old saying, which you heard many, many, many times when you were a player, on any given Sunday. And I think we saw that yesterday. Many of the teams that were favored ended up on the short end of the stick. Um, who would have thought that the uh, New Orleans Saints would come in here and score, as you were talking about earlier, 48 points against the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, and they did, because what they did was they got into the uh, Eagles' kitchen and uh, wreaked havoc, forcing turnovers, forcing uh, mental mistakes on all three phases of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. So uh, going into this week, we have the Kansas City Chiefs coming in here. And I would not, right now, on Tuesday, I would not pick that game right now. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to ask you to uh, pick a game because we got about two minutes before closing here. And, and I'm just going to say, as I look at the games that are here, uh, I'm thinking Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts, I'm sorry, Indianapolis Colts going into Arizona looks like a pretty good game for me. You know, Carolina's going to play the Cowboys. Uh, that might be a decent game. Atlanta and New England, that's probably going to be a decent game as well. Uh, Cleveland and Baltimore, well. Uh, Where's I, the game? Cleveland is at Baltimore, so Baltimore wins that. Baltimore wins that, yeah. Yeah, uh, San Francisco at Minnesota. I think that's going to be a good game. I think San Francisco at Minnesota is going to be a very good football game. Number four, number four, number four. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, remember you said that number four. Now, Tennessee is playing the the Jets, right? Tennessee is playing the Jets. Well, I don't think Rex Ryan, I mean, they had a big win against New England. And I think New England may have some uh, have some problems right now, but uh, can Rex Ryan have that team up? To, you know, two weeks in a row. I'm not so sure. Well, let I me really tell you something a little bit about what I know there. That Tennessee is Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher is a clone of Buddy Ryan, and there is a clone of Buddy Ryan who's a head coach for the Jets. So, th- talking about a physical football game, that's going to be a real physical football game right there. Absolutely. I mean, you've got the clone of. Jeff, uh, of uh, Buddy Ryan, and across the field, you got the son of Buddy Ryan. Uh, Buddy Ryan. So that's going to be what they call a black and blue football game. Yeah, and I, but but you know, I, I think it's going to be some excitement, though. It may be some points scored. Oh, hey! Like I said, I be, uh, if I had to work that game, I'm sure be glad I'm in the press box. I sure <laughs> would want to be playing because I would not be walking on Monday. I tell you, hey, listen, I appreciate the call, Henry. We got music. That means we got to go. That's the end of this show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.